It's because you are not aware of your purpose. Divine purpose, God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So whatever that happens to you on earth here, don't bother about it. There is this, your unblemished self in my heart. Your purpose is far superior to your mistakes. It's far superior to the things that weigh you down. Shake yourself up, repent, get on track with God. And say, God, use me for my divine purpose. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Our God is good. Amen. That was powerful. Yo, did anyone experience a touch of the Holy Spirit in that moment? Okay. I was expecting a bit of a bigger reaction, but thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we've been, we did a series on foundations, getting our scriptural foundations solid, understanding them. And now we're talking about how those foundations impact our lives. And we've spoken about how it impacts our identity. Um, I spoke on two sessions on that. Aleta also spoke beautifully last week. It was such a powerful session. Come on, let's say thank you to Jesus for Aleta. And, um, and today we have the privilege of opening our new subject, which is on, de- on purpose. What is, what are our purpose, what is each of our purpose in life? And my brother Ade, who I've known now for two years, he's got an amazing revelation about this. And I just felt God say, let him preach this. And he was amazing at, you know, saying yes and being here with us today. He's got his own church, his own ministry. And, um, he took time off today from there to be here with us. So let's, let's give him a big round of applause. So for those of you who don't know the story of, of Ade and I, I'm going to quickly tell it to you and then I'm going to invite my friend up. Um, so at the beginning of 2018, I was recovering in a way from a live Facebook video that I made where I shared a very controversial opinion based on scripture, I believed at the time, and uh, there was a massive fallout, and I realized that through that experience, it was very clear that we, in, our, in many cultures, but the culture that I grew up in, there is a, the word that I felt God give me, there's a crisis of cultural Christianity, where we create an idea of God that suits us, and we make it a part of our culture, and then we actually worship our culture. And we, we lose God completely in this whole thing. And I was wrestling with this idea, and I felt God drop a song in my spirit, the song, It's Time, that we sang earlier today. And I did it with Luis Obala and Neville D, because I just felt it, I, we need to not just sing a song, but make a statement. And if I, as a white Afrikaans South African, can stand next to my Tosa brother and my colored brother, then we can sing this together and show the, the unity that's possible through Christ. And as I was busy working on this project, I felt the Holy Spirit say one day to me, that's very nice that you, you know, now have a song and all this, but 
how does this look in your own life? And I realized that I, have, I know many people from other cultures, but I'm not inviting them for a bra at my house, and we are not actually breaking bread and really building solid friendships. So I prayed this in that moment. I said, Lord, give me a black friend. <laughs> Literally. A week later, short prayer. A week later, I was at our children's swimming school, which the people who run it are also in our church here, and on a day that I wasn't supposed to be there. My one child was catching up a lesson. And there is Ade with his daughter, also on a day that they are not normally there, a Wednesday. And I just feel an immediate connection with this man, and we start talking. And within a few minutes, we are talking about unity in the church. And when, when we start talking about this, he just starts laughing. He's got a laugh. To me, he sounds a bit like Father Christmas. Uh, ho, ho, ho. And he just hugged me. I just met this man, and he's hugging me. And he says, ask me what's the name of my church. And I said, what's the name of your church? He says, Trees of Life Multiracial Church. And right there I knew this was a brother for life. So right there I invited him and his family for a bride at my house that Friday. And he was like, you're inviting a Nigerian to your house that you just met? I said, yes, God is up to something. So we had the most wonderful uh, bride at our house, and we ended up having an amazing time of worship. And you must know, when you invite them to your house, it's going to end up being a worship and a prophetic session. All right? It's just how it is. So they ended up praying for us, giving us prophetic word. It was just an amazing, amazing time. And since then, we have been brothers in Christ. And he started shortly after that uh, another ministry called Bible Over Coffee, which was a Wednesday Bible study group where we just talked through such amazing things. And God is revealing powerful truths to this man as he spends time with him. And he has blessed me. And a big part of why we are here today and why I was able to plant a church was because of his guidance and his help and his love. So it's with great honor and such a privilege for me. <laughs> to uh, invite my brother Ade Abobagiwa to Love Key Church today. Praise the Lord. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship. Let that be your cry this morning. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. Father, we thank you this morning. As always, we praise you. We glorify the name of the one who lives and abides forever. We say thank you, Heavenly Father. We worship you, God. We say thank you. 
in Jesus precious name we have worshiped amen thank you my friend Hallelujah. I need to say good morning to everyone, especially Opa. Opa. The veteran. Say good morning to you and Omar and everybody in the church. It's a great privilege to be here this morning. What everything I said is actually very true. We ran into each other by accident by human um, way of thinking, but it was a divine arrangement. I thank God for your life, Heinz. Both of us spoke yesterday. I said, when I get here, I refuse to cry. I refuse to cry. Because all, most people, the only thing they knew about Heinz was his music. They didn't know what he's doing today was inside him. And when we met, God spoke to my heart. And it became like a two-year journey. Encouraging, nurturing, spanking, bomb, bomb, <laughs> telling him on the right road. And we thank God. I refuse to cry, but I'll just go straight to the word. Can we please open to the book of Je Jeremiah? Jeremiah chapter 1, please. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. We will read from verse 1 to 5. Jeremiah chapter 1, from verse 1 to 5. I'll read. Please, let's look into the scripture. As we read together, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Helkir, of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Joachim, the son of Josiah king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem, captive in the fifth month. Verse 4, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were, before you were born, I sanctified you, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. This is a familiar storyline. I'll just let you into how I study the scripture. The scripture is God's word. Before I go ahead, I will quickly just want to introduce my daughter. Yes. This is Jehovah Nisi Adekpemi Egelse, and one name that I forgot to put in our ID is Khrutiski. Because Khrutiski, 
because she was born in that hospital. <laughs> we waited for her for 11 years and a half. We didn't have a child, but she came. Hallelujah. Please say hello to people. To them. Hello. Genesis 17 verse 4 says, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. God was saying to Abraham that he would be a father of many nations. And God has a covenant with him, and he, and he did have a covenant with him. He has a covenant with all of us when we give our life to Christ. And God never lied to, to um, Abraham, and he kept his promise to Jacob and to Isaac. Hallelujah. Yes, you can go to the kids' church now. She's excited <laughs> about going to the kids' church. Yes, we thank God. So to go back to what, we, what I started, the storyline was about the family of Jeremiah. Verse, verse 5 is what most of us concentrate on, which is very exciting. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Very very exciting to, to us when we read that. Most of the time, we neglect from verse 1 to 4. Jeremiah was born into a family. In other words, your family background is not irrelevant when you are trying to find God's divine purpose for you. God chose your parents. He chose my parents. He allowed you to be born through them. Unfortunately, most of the time, all we think about our biological parents is ancestral curses. Most of the time, when we think about our parents, we've been brainwashed that everything is about ancestral curses. Ancestral curses. That's all we think about. But here was Jeremiah. God said to him, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah's father was the high priest at that time. Jeremiah was born into a family of priests. And God had already prophesied and put it down as a law. Any child born in this family must be a priest. So Jeremiah was being raised as a priest. His father, like I said, according to the scripture, 
was the high priest. But Jeremiah keeps saying, the word of the Lord came to me. The word of the Lord came to me. For you to enter into divine purpose, you must have personal encounter with the word. Not with prophecy, but with the word. Because the word is a person. And Jesus is the word. Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me. In the days of these kings. When we are believing God for divine purpose. Don't neglect the system of governance that are in place. The time and the seasons when you were born, there are signposts. Signposts that God must have been showing you that you were never aware of. Jeremiah mentioned different kings that were in authority. Eventually, you will see why God called him to be a prophet to the nations. Verse 3. Verse 3 says, To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. Verse 3 says, Also the word came in the days of Joachim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. So there are different seasons of government, of leadership in place. Why would God allow you to be born when you were born and where you were born? There are signposts there. Spiritual signposts for you to be able to trace and see how God was showing up in your life. Let us celebrate our heritage. Celebrate your parenthood. Celebrate your background. God knew why he allowed you to be born into that family. No matter how ugly, how painful. If you come down, you will see the signposts of God. In your heart this morning, just celebrate the parents that God gave you. Jeremiah was born into a family of priests like all of us. You are born into that family, a little boy or a little girl. You have no idea. Let me go to verse 5. The scripture says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Prophet to the nations is very exciting. But we need to slow down and see verse 5. Before I formed you. Your mother didn't form you. That's what he was saying to Jeremiah. Before I formed you. What does that mean? It means before life happened to you. I knew you. God was saying to Jeremiah, don't identify yourself by your family's surname. Don't govern your life by your family's surname. Is that not what God is saying here? Before I formed you, in other words, before your great-great-grandfather met your grandfather, and that you are now born, all of them put together. Before time started, I knew you. Before there was sin, I knew you. Before Satan was created, before creation came to existence, Bible says, God says to Jeremiah, I knew you. So why do you govern your life by what happens to you on, on earth? Before I formed you, I knew you. Why do you control your life by your profession? Why do you take your identity from the body you are packaged in for one purpose, for procreation. I'm a woman. I can't do what men can do. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. All of us in the journey of life, we go through different roads. Some of our pasts, we don't want to remember them. Some of us are afraid of the past. Some of us are afraid of the present. Some of us are afraid of the future. <laughs> but God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I know the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Why are you afraid? Deborah was a woman, but she was what? A wife, a prophetess, a judge, and a mother. <laughs> a wife, 
as beautiful as her letter and my wife. <laughs> my wife is very beautiful. She's taller than me. The short sisters didn't get my attention. It's only the tall one. <laughs> you are a mother. But is that your purpose? I'm a mother. Please, with all due respect, I'm going to step on some sensitive toes here. I'm safe because of my brother. I have a friend, the wife was the best student at UCT. Finished, then she's just cooking in the kitchen for the past 10 years. Why did she go to school? Because the culture has programmed her. You go to school, you finish. Only, only end up in the kitchen and bear children. I will go and make money. You stay at home. Some of us will get to heaven and God will spank some of us. What did you do with your life? I did, I baked, I did bakings and I made so much bread. I gave food to my family. There was always food anytime. Every time. God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. Deborah was a judge. During his time, she was sentencing men who committed crime that warranted death to death. A woman sentencing men to death. That was her purpose. She was a prophetess. Do you know what it means to be a prophetess? <laughs> a prophet is God's mouthpiece. The Bible did not say anything about her husband. He was not intimidated because she remained married. That's your wife. She is not a baby machine. <laughs> Produce the baby. Pew, pew, pew. You're a young girl here today. You are not a baby machine. There is a purpose in God for your life. We live in a world that is controlled by men. But in the beginning, God said he created them, male and female created he them. So, God put you in this beautiful body that we admire, the hips and the cheeks. For one thing, for procreation. That is why you have that body. Don't let that body tell you your purpose. Well, 
you have no choice. I would always come back to this church. <laughs> because we started the church together <laughs> in the spirit. We saw you before you came to life. Hallelujah. So God told Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. I sanctified you. So it's not your prayer that made you to be sanctified. I sanctified you because I cannot use any vessel that is not holy. God was saying to Jeremiah, I purpose built you. Hallelujah. You may want to kind of wonder, okay, what about the sin? David said, in iniquity, I was conceived. And yet God said, before you were formed, I knew you and already sanctified you. I'm sorry, I didn't give you that scripture. In the book of Revelation, chapter 13, verse 8, the Bible says Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. So the sanctification, the purity was provided for in Christ before time started. So we came into this world, we came via sin. And the only way we can be cleansed from that sin is you accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. You can't enter into purpose, divine purpose, if you don't give your life to Christ. That is very important. Not going to church. Which church do you go to? Love Key. Do you know my pastor? Heinz Winkler. You can't use his name to get to heaven. <laughs> you have to use your faith to get to heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you talk some people, they say, yes, who's your pastor? They say, I my baggy one. They say, okay, let's Google it. Well, maybe, maybe we'll get his name somewhere. But they say, hi, Winkler. Straight. <laughs> Straight. Hallelujah. So we need to give our lives to Christ. Then the sanctification and what God ordained before time started will come to fruition in our lives. Acts 17 verse 26 says, God, talking about God, God says, and he has made from one blood every nation. From one blood, every nation. From one blood. Not from the body. From one blood, every nation. When we were to give birth to my daughter, my wife had some complications. And she needed blood. Before she got to the hospital, the blood was prepared and all of that. I'm sure they did not ask 
which blood is this coming from? From Chinese? Or from black or white? Blood is blood. Blood is blood. Has deceived us to say, I am black, I'm superior. I am white, I'm superior. It is the mindset of a fallen man. Some of us will be surprised that even among blacks, oppression is oppression. We oppress each other. I came from a family, a royal family, and for you to be a royalty, you must conquer other people. <laughs> so, <laughs> desire to always oppress each other is a human nature from the fallen nature of Adam. So from the blood of Christ, we are now sanctified in God. Let me go straight to the woman at the well. Do you know the story? I forgot to give it. Can we please go to the book of John chapter 4? John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. John chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. Jesus said to her, Go, call who? Call your husband. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, you have said well, for you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke, in that you spoke truly. Verse 28 and 30. 28 and 30. 28 says. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I have ever did, that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. A woman, she broke the record. Bible says, don't divorce. Not only did she do that, five divorces. She had a Guinness Book of Record. It was with Christ. What she was looking for was the savior of her soul. She told the story about the Messiah. And she came to know Christ. What did she do? She went into the city and brought all the men to Jesus. And the whole city she brought to Jesus Christ. 
Now picture this. You and your beautiful wife with your three children or four children, like Heinz is probably wanted to go like seven, but Aleta says no. <laughs> you know, with your three kids or two kids, you enjoy the Lord, you sow your tithe, you don't pay tithe, you sow. It's a seed. You don't pay. It's not pick and pay. You plant a seed. So you planted your seed, you got great harvest. And maybe somebody was sick at home. You believed God's word, healing came. Your business, booming. You're able to plant a seed of one million rand every Sunday. <laughs> and your kids are doing well at school. And then you are 80 years old. And your wife is also old. And then you die. And you go to be with the Lord. What will you say you did? Did you fulfill purpose? No, I'm called to my wife or my children, my family. That's a lie. In the scripture, it's a lie. Don't deceive yourself. <laughs> I told you, I'll make you think. God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. It's important for us to live the Christian life before our family. But the ultimate goal is to harvest souls into the kingdom. What did this woman do? She brought all the men in the city to Jesus. And you only strolled into heaven with, your, with Rene and Erasmus. And God will say, hey, well done. Just sit there. With your life, I gave so much money, I created the money. That woman fulfilled divine purpose. Get to heaven. Healed with a lot of money in your pocket. Did you do what was in the desire of God? If you were God, you also, you also look for returns on investment. Isn't it? You are to be out there and harvest souls into the kingdom. But you only, it's me, my family, I'm called to my family first. If Heinz has stayed like that, you wouldn't be here today. We say, well, it's for me, me and my household, and we are fine. No. No. That woman harvested souls into the kingdom. You know, we have, we have I told Heinz before, we have what we call the school of divine purpose, and we are blessed with some of the people there, about 30% are divorced people. God brought them to the school. And I said, imagine that lady. She's born again. She's in the church, a letter. She's delivered. She's fine. And she desires to come and visit you at home. What will you say? We are going to Granny's house. Why? Because you know her with men. So I have to keep Heinz away from her. <laughs> because if she comes to the house, 
This, this sister Mary, she's blessed. But her history, we cannot wipe away from our minds. <laughs> but she needs to know that her action in the body cannot affect the divine purpose that God ordained for her. You are divorced, then what? Then what? Then what? What's the big deal? It's because you are not aware of your purpose. Divine purpose, God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So whatever that happens to you on earth here, don't, don't bother about it. There is this, your unblemished self in my heart. This unaffected person in my heart. This pure person in my heart. Come, let me show you your unblemished self. So what is the big deal? Not that the Bible condones divorce, but your purpose is far superior to your mistakes. It's far superior to the things that weigh you down. Shake yourself up. Repent. Get on, on track with God and say, God, use me for my divine purpose. You're not here to just for sex or what? You can ask people that they have retired. You to you do it. Is it every day? Sometimes I let her travels. I can make fun of two of them because they are my friends. So we don't live for these things. You live for what? For purpose. Oh, my work, my work, please. Your work, seek God's face. That may not be the divine purpose for you. What do you think was the divine purpose of Joseph? Anybody? Joseph in the Bible. Joseph, not, not the name of your son. Joseph in the Bible. Joseph. No, 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 that one. Joseph in the Old Testament. What was his purpose? Imagine Joseph growing up in his father's house and living in that place till he dies. Will he be able to fulfill why God created him? No, I'm born in Pretoria. I will die in Pretoria. Because you have not understood purpose. Because you are born a South African does not mean your purpose will permanently be here. God might be sending some of you to Nigeria. Say, Nigeria? I bind the devil. <laughs> you see, I can see your faces. Some of you might be truly really going to Nigeria. 
at the school of divine purpose, there was a lady, Heinz. When she was eight years old, a missionary came from Thailand to visit their church and told them things that were happening there. God planted the seed of his divine purpose in our heart. She only started the divine purpose in her 50s. She's in, she is now in Thailand. She's possessed with everything about her being is about the country. God will give you passion for what he has called you to do. What was the purpose of David in the Old Testament? David in the Old Testament. What was the purpose? What was his purpose? Anybody? Yes, I like his smile. My brother in blue. Hallelujah. But he was a, he was a musician. He won the idol of his time. He was playing to the sheep in the wilderness. And the king recognized him and said, come to the palace. But he was not created to be a musician. He was created to be king over Israel. Heinz Winkler was not created to win Grammy. He would win it, but it's created, what, it cre what God created him for is what we are seeing here today. God created him to serve God. Now let me put it this way. God created him to bless you through him. It was a long journey before he arrived here today. I can't do it. No. What will people say? I said, no. I didn't go to Bible school. The more the better. <laughs> so that you don't have anything like pride. I went to Bible school. I know the exegesis. I know the, 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 all the, all, all, everything. Now that he feels he never went to Bible school, that makes him humble. You have a man whose heart is after God. The heart of Heinz Winkler is gold. He wants to do everything to please God. You are in good hands. God said about, about David, he said, this is a man after my heart. Not that David never did anything wrong. But David served the Lord. He served the Lord. Please, can I have a letter now? You have to work. Please. Please, can I have on the screen that picture 
of a man looking at himself in a mirror and the lady by her side, by his side. Hallelujah. We all look into the mirror of life instead of the mirror of the word. Stop looking at the mirror of life. But look at the mirror that is in God's word. The Bible says the word of God is like the mirror. Look into the mirror of God's word. Can I have the next one? The lady with delete and regrets. Don't you all have regrets in life? What you should have done, what I didn't do, what I couldn't do. You can't fulfill divine purpose if you don't delete. Would you delete from today every regret? Your purpose is more important than your mistakes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can we go to the next one? Shame. Don't we have shame? Shame will make you. It will destabilize you. It will put shackles on your feet. You will not be able to run. You can't fulfill divine purpose. Because of shame. Can we please go to the car? Do you see this car? This car was tested, fully tested, accident tested, before it got on the road. When you buy it off the showroom, the post, the weather, things happen to the car. Before you arrived here, God already tested you. He has already made you fit for purpose. Don't allow life's experiences to disqualify you. Don't allow life experiences to disqualify you. In God's heart, you are unblemished. <laughs> I have just one person in the church today, this, this, this handsome uh, rugby player here. It looks like a rugby player to me. Your talent is not your purpose. Your talent is a vehicle that God uses for you to express your purpose. Don't say, this is my talent and this is my purpose. No. Joseph could interpret dream. It was not created as a dream interpreter. It was created to be the prime minister in the foreign land. When you find your purpose, that is when you become rich indeed. Heinz, Joseph in his father's house, his father was the richest man in the land. But when let me put it this way. 
how much of the wealth of his father will get to him would have to be divided by 12. Isn't it? But when he got into purpose, he was managing the whole nation. His riches were quite far more than he could ever handle. Don't pursue money. Pursue purpose. Riches will come to you. Will run after you. Don't run after deals. Run after purpose. If you are not married here, you are a young girl, you have a good head start. Don't marry the guy because the chest is, is six pack. I used to have six pack, but it's now one pack. <laughs> you need to ask, is he in line with God's purpose for my life? <laughs> I knew, I, I remember now what Aleta's mom told her. That this Heinz is your husband. Before they met. And look at it today. Look at where she is. She's a winkler now. And happily so. Amen. I close with this. Don't ignore your heritage. Not everything is demonic. There are signposts along the way. Even in the most difficult situation. God must have been speaking to you to tell you don't allow the bad experiences to determine you. I created you. I created you. Shall we please rise on up, rise up on our feet, amen, as we close. We shall sing the song that the children were singing now. It's not for children. Please listen very carefully. Jesus loved you. He gave his life for you. Know that he has secured your purpose before you were born. We are going to sing it together. Yeah? Don't go back to kindergarten. Go to Revelation. That because Jesus loves you, you will finish strong. Because Jesus loves you, the mistakes don't matter. The blood has, has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. When the finance is not the way it's supposed to be, remember that song. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you. 
Jesus is your purpose in God. Father, we thank you this morning. Just worship him. Tell him, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Forget about the past. They were not in the beginning with God. Don't be afraid of the future at all. Maybe you have been raped, you are divorced, you are wounded. All that happened, all that happened here on earth. In God's heart, you are pure. And to fulfill purpose, you need to be pure. So God created you in his heart, unblemished. Father, we thank you. Let me just sing this song while you, keep, while you just listen. I want to minister this song to you. Jesus loves you. You should know. For the Bible tells you so. Little one, you belong to him. You may be weak, but know that he is strong. Jesus loves you. Your divine purpose is in him. You can only find it out in him. Remove the weights. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Did you guys, did, did it break through? Did something happen in your hearts today? Amen. Thank you. Let us pray. Let us pray for this mighty man of God and his family and his ministry. Just stretch out your faith. Stretch out your hands. Lord Jesus, we thank you for, for Pastor Ade, for his wife, for Shua, for his beautiful daughter, Nisi, for their ministry, for their purpose on their lives, that they are fully living out every day. Thank you for the example they are. Thank you for their love. And thank you for their passion for you. And thank you that today we could share in that. I thank you for this mighty man of God that you've raised up for a time such as this. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to bless him, to lead him, to strengthen him. And Lord, today we pray as a church that you will surround him with your wall of fire, with your, with your um, angels, and with the blood of Jesus. And we just speak life and health and strength and favor upon him and his family and his ministry in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast, Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.